Hey, literary fans, and welcome to Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and we are on episode three of this exciting podcast where we're exploring a book written in a single month. Um, just for starters, being episode three, we have, what, two data points to work with so far, episode one and two. And I have to say episode two was pretty bad because I think I was having a lot of trouble reading that day. I'm not sure why. I think I was a little... It sounded slow. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, I hope this doesn't turn out this way every week. But I think episode one, I was reading a little better. But I think I did a dry run of that. So maybe that's why. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to do dry runs of any of these chapters. We're going into this blind. I think that's part of the fun. I honestly don't remember what any of these chapters are about. Um... Anyway, uh, another piece of exciting news is that Jeff Reads' his book is now actually on Apple. So that's pretty exciting. I finally got the podcast submitted. There were some bugs on Apple's end, of course, that needed to be resolved. But it, it seems to be working now, and I, it's showing up in iTunes. Uh, obviously, I'm not on like the featured list. This podcast is nowhere near good enough, nor is this book or story. Oh, my God. So... If you do have an Apple device, things get a lot easier if you want to listen to this podcast. Although, if you're listening to it on an Apple device now, it's probably through iTunes, I guess. Well, whatever. Anyway, we're on all sorts of other platforms. We should be listed in Google's Podcast Index or whatever the hell they use. I don't use it. Uh, we're on Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, uh, maybe another one that I can't think of. Doesn't matter. But pretty exciting. A lot of ways to get Jeff Reed's book now. Um, anyway, uh, if you do want to send feedback to the podcast, uh, you can go to our website, jeffreadshisbook.com, and there are some links there. Uh, but quickly, if you need to send me an email, you can go to jba at sdf.org, or you can reach me on Twitter at FortranJeff. Or, if you're a big nerd, I can be reached on the Fediverse at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Very exciting. Um, I don't know how often I say this in the podcast, uh, my contact information. Probably not enough. It doesn't matter. I doubt anybody's listening right now. Um, but uh, I would love to have some feedback. I haven't had any yet, and that's not particularly surprising to me. So this is not an easy listen. At least I don't think so. I've listened to every episode I've made, and it's ooh, of questionable quality. Am I right? So anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to be reading today. So being episode three, we'll be reading chapter three of Bringing Balance, a book written in a month. That's another thing I don't think I pointed out much last week, but obviously the story was written in haste because it's terrible and it's completely filled with typos. So, in chapter three, sorry, I gotta grab my notes here off the desk. Um, so I was kind of excited about this week. Uh, I thought in chapter three we were gonna meet another character and I thought it was gonna be my favorite character in the whole story. And when I went and checked on that today, it was not 
true. We do not have my char- my new character is not going to appear this week. Kind of a bummer. And when I read the act, when I read or breezed through the actual chapter, I didn't read it. We're going to read this together. Um, I was really disappointed by what chapter this is. So it's kind of lame. You're going to see some some pretty lazy writing. I don't really like how this goes. Um, So it's not my favorite chapter, but thankfully it's only four pages long, so we're going to power through this pretty quickly today. Um, I don't think there's any other news. Uh, Another thing I have pointed out that you can buy this book, Bringing Balance, on Amazon. It's available as a print copy and as an... I was going to say an audiobook. I guess that's what we're listening to here. I meant to say it's also available as an ebook for your Kindle devices. Very exciting. Uh, uh, nobody has bought a book yet, and again, not surprising, this is a terrible book. So that means that five copies exist in the world, and that's it. Unless I guess you count the ebook copy I have. I don't think you can count that. That's lame. So, with that, I think we're ready to dive into chapter three. Three. Um, this one's going to be a little tedious, but I think next week we're going to have a happy surprise. I think next week in Chapter 4, we might meet... Yeah, yeah. Chapter 4 is going to be a lot better. All right. Um, so, with that, I see no reason to delay or continue with this nonsense mumbling. Um, without any feedback, I don't even know what I should be talking about. But uh, why don't we go ahead and dive into the story? So here we go, episode or chapter three, episode three as well. Um, today, uh, just to make this go along a little faster and maybe lubricate this uh, process, I'm having a wild turkey on the rocks. Uh, this is a nice sipper for a Sunday afternoon, and it is afternoon. So if my wife's listening. Hey, this is fine, I think. It's Sunday, too. What what are you going to do? Anyway, let's dive into Chapter 3. Hopefully I read this much better than last week. Here we go. Henry rustled through his duffel bag as Aaron drove along the parkway. He hadn't checked inside in a long while, as time had passed since he returned from the world of magic. Inside the bag were a few appropriate outfits and some coins to get anything they might need. Prior to leaving, Henry had little need of coins most places, but he feared his reputation may have diminished in his year of absence. He looked at the car's driver, sizing her up. While she was undoubtedly slightly taller, one of his old capes would suffice. As for actual clothes... He assumed that they'd have to see what happened in the other world. Where are we going? Aaron asked. I think it's the next parking lot, opposite the river, he replied. The gateway should be just a short walk away. What's going on? What are you talking about? We're going to the world of magic, and we need to pass through a gateway to get there. Pull in here. I think we have everything we need, Henry said, closing the bag. Why were those men trying to take me? Were they really FBI? Aaron asked while pairing. I think I meant parking here. Oh, God. 
So bad. I'm a, I need a drink after this sentence. I doubt they were agents. Very unlikely. They worked for the magistrates. Bad folks. In the magic world, the magistrates were not considered friendly, if you will. How do I explain this? Henry paused, his face twisting into a thoughtful frown. When the... Well, there was a king. Generally a good king, I guess. He sort of died in a battle or something, but his only son had disappeared in the meantime. The little boy couldn't have been more than five. Anyway, the queen decided to defer ruling to a group of men called the magistrates. That's where the world of magic presumably stands today. And why would they want me? asked Aaron. I haven't figured that out yet. There's a place not far from here where we can get help. We just have to be discreet. I don't want any trouble, Henry answered. Okay, whatever you say. I won't argue. I just need help, Aaron submitted. Henry laughed. No, you're no trouble, I'm guessing. I meant other people. He opened the door to get out, but turned back to Aaron. You might want to call some people to tell them you're leaving for a while. Oh, and don't bring any electronics. They won't work around magic, either. Let me do that again. Oh, and don't bring any electronics. They won't work around magic. Just lock them in the car. Aaron considered this for a moment before following Henry's lead and exiting the car. What about my car, she asked. Hmm, you could call someone to come get it. Not much else to do, he replied. Erin pulled out her phone and paged down to her mother's number. <laughs> paged down. Um, as she initiated the call, she tried to figure out exactly what to say. She was relieved to be directed to voicemail and began her shaky explanation. Hi, Mom, it's me. Um, listen. She paused but a thought struck her. Mom, I'm actually here with Aunt June, and um, I'll be traveling out of town with her for a short while. We actually met down off the parkway near the river, so I um, left my car there. So you might need to come pick it up. She realized the absurdity of the message she was leaving, but continued. I don't know when I'll be able to call again, so don't worry about me. Everything's great. Love ya. Bye. Aaron turned back towards Henry. He was looking towards the woods, squinting, but his scrunched face gave away his confusion. Stuffing her phone into her pants, she said, All right, I'm all set. I think we need to go this way, if I remember correctly, he said, pointing to a paved bike path. He started towards the path into the woods, and Aaron hurried after him. You still haven't explained what happened at your office, she said as they walked. Henry turned towards her, surprised. No, I fought them off with magic, obviously. Are you some sort of wizard? Yes, you could say that, I suppose. I'm usually called a mage, he responded distractedly. He kept turning his head deeper into the woods and squinting. A mage? So you can perform magic? Aaron asked. Yep, I sure can. Technically, I'm a warrior mage in that I've been trained to use magic to fight. Seems silly for a smallish guy like myself, I know, Henry continued. 
I'm from here, but I learned in college that I could control magic. So I traveled there with the assistance, of course. Oh, God. All right. So I traveled there with assistance, of course, and trained in the warrior arts. Afterwards, I worked as a mage there for a while. Worked? Like how? Aaron inquired. Still facing the woods, Henry explained further. Well, things like... How would I explain it? Like police actions or security or the like. Sometimes also fighting off magical creatures. Crazy stuff. Aaron raised an eyebrow in disbelief. Really? Can everyone in this world do magic? Oh no, just some people. Just mages, he said without noticing her skepticism. And what exactly are we looking for now? There should be a path into the woods to the gateway. I just have to remember where. He stopped momentarily to scratch his head before continuing further. This is long. No breaks yet in this chapter. Uh, Well, I'm taking one, by the way. All right. The pair walked another ten minutes, passing another parking lot, which annoyed Aaron somewhat. The, you know, she never actually said what parking lot her damn car is located in. Just that it's in a parking lot. That'll be fun to find, right? Ugh. That was kind of a douchey move. I have some thoughts about that, but we'll save it till the end. The afternoon sun was getting lower in the sky, darkening the old forest that continued to hang on to summer for just a bit longer. Hmm, setting. I like that. A number of bikers and joggers passed the pair as the walked. Thinking nothing of the young teenager out for a walk with an obviously older but non-threatening man. Aaron had started to become concerned about the slowly failing sunlight when Henry suddenly stopped again. He exclaimed, Aha! This way! before proceeding off the paved path and into the woods. As they started in over the dead leaves and rocks, Aaron looked longingly back at the paved path. After a few minutes, the paved path and the occasional passers-by had disappeared through the trees. Again, Aaron grew concerned that Henry was indeed getting them lost. He'd stop every few score of steps to survey the forest around them. Score of steps. Do you know where we're going, she asked. I think so, the mage answered. The gateway is around her somewhere. (laughs) He seemed to take notice of a large tree and walked around the backside of the trunk. Ah, that's right. It's over here, inside that bakery. Aaron's eyes narrowed. They were in the middle of the woods, and she could see no reason why anything that someone would call a bakery should be here. As she came around behind the trunk to stand next to Henry, her eyes widened. What the? Why is there a bakery here? She asked, not expecting a sensible answer. Amongst the trees stood a small block building with a well-lit glass storefront. Above the windows was a generic bakery sign, and through the glass she saw various shelves and display cases exhibiting breads and presumably cakes and pastries. Aaron stood speechless, staring at the clearly misplaced building. Okay, let's go, Henry exclaimed as if everything was normal. 
Henry arrived at the store first and held open the door for Erin to walk inside. Once inside the small shop, her nose was assaulted with the delicious aromas of fresh breads. Her brain, however, still hadn't processed the existence of this place. Turning back to the window, she saw only forest, stretching as far as the eye could see. Henry proceeded directly to the counter where a short, graying man with a beard, reaching to his waist, stood. I probably should have explained his height a little better than reaching to... It sounds like he's reaching to his waist. I think he's supposed to be short, you know what I mean? And a beard. Think about that. Probably magical. Ooh. Uh, Let's see here. Do you like croissants? He asked Aaron. When she failed to reply, he turned back to the shopkeeper and said, Four croissants, please. By the time Aaron had turned back towards the mage and the odd little old man, the transaction had finished, and Henry stood holding a paper sack. Did you want anything else? It's all very good, he suggested. Why is there a bakery here, she finally managed to enunciate. Because this is where the gateway is, and who doesn't like baked goods? He responded, failing to see the problem. We should be going, though. He waved for her to approach. Henry pointed to a side door that led out of the small shop while looking at the bearded man. The man behind the counter nodded, and Henry walked over to the open door. Ah, the man behind the counter nodded, and Henry walked over to open the door. Aaron saw more trees and turned to the shop's windows to see if any difference existed. The forest through the now open side door seemed to be the same forest they had just left. We should get going. There's still a longish walk into town, Henry urged. Aaron hesitated a moment more out of confusion. Aaron hesitated a moment more out of confusion, then walked briskly through the door back into the forest. Henry followed and closed the door behind him. Once through, Aaron turned back around to observe the shop from this new angle. However, there was no longer a shop, just a door with a small wooden sign hanging from it that read, Bakery. For apparently the first time, Henry seemed to notice her confusion. Weird, huh? You could say that, Aaron responded while looking at the door. If I had a bakery... I'd try selling cookies, but whatever, Henry waved at the door and proceeded away into the thinning forest. Aaron simply sighed in frustration. And that ends chapter three of Bringing Balance. So that ends chapter three. Um, What did people think about this chapter? Like I introduced it. It is not my favorite chapter, that is for sure. I thought it was a little boring, but it was quick. Um, I think when I was starting this book, uh, I wasn't particularly long after I listened to the audiobook version of The Da Vinci Code, and I was trying to go for those short chapters, you know, like, they're very succinct, you thought you'd make some progress, and I think that's why this one is like four pages, but it really is dull. I I guess... I was kind of looking for, like, some sort of silly way to get to the world of magic. And I don't know why, but a bakery in the middle of the woods seemed to be the right way to do it. I actually don't know what I was thinking. 
Um, is it a terrible idea or concept? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But is it particularly abnormal? No, I don't think so. Um, isn't there a book where they go through a wardrobe or some nonsense? I didn't read it. Anyway, uh, I didn't think this chapter was particularly funny, per se. Uh, it ended on that ridiculous joke that Henry thought the bakery was weird because they didn't have cookies. Ugh. I guess I was trying to show his... He's got... What do I want to say? Like a uh, lack of awareness of the world around him. I think some of that did actually come through when talking with Aaron. He was always distracted looking into the woods and didn't really see why anything seem, would seem strange or weird to her. So maybe that came across. Was this a character building episode or chapter? I guess. I guess it is, right? But it was so short, I didn't even finish my whiskey. There weren't even any breaks in this chapter. Mm. Having a little sip right now. Um, I think I spotted three typos. I think I only called out two because one of them referred to the store's windows. No apostrophe, huh? Minor typo. I also noticed when the uh, characters use quotes in their quotes, so you know you have to use the single quotes inside the double quotes, they're all printed the wrong direction. Like, uh, the left side one still curves out. Uh, I guess I just, uh, again, don't know how to make an ebook or publish a book. It's not the greatest in quality control standards, if you know what I mean. But I think the typos are far more unforgivable. Um, no formatting errors, though, in this chapter. That's pretty exciting. So anyway, um, that brings us to our discussion questions, right? So I have three prepared for today. Uh, the first question. All right. If you'll recall, Erin abandoned her car in a parking lot just off the parkway. Very descriptive, right? Especially if the parkway has multiple parking lots and there's a bike path, I'm guessing. We're not talking about a quarter-mile stretch here, am I right? So, yeah. My big question here is, does her car get towed? My guess is yes. And think of the stress she just put her mother under just based on her saying, oh, my car is in a random parking lot somewhere. Could you go get it? I think so. That means the two main characters we've met so far have really screwed over bit part characters with having them take their cars places. Unbelievable. These people are very unfeeling. I, actually, you know, I'm going to blame Henry. It's, it's all his fault. He's giving everybody these car problems in this book. All right. Second question. So I don't know. I tried to describe the baker when I read, what do you, the whole concept here was that he was supposed to appear to be a dwarf to anybody who's into like Lord of the Rings or something like that. Or uh, maybe Discworld, where there's, they seem to do more mundane tasks instead of just carry around axes. Um, so the baker is supposed to be a dwarf. Discussion question. Did you think he was? I might have hinted at it when I was reading, though. So that's not really fair, but uh, it could have been better. And the wording around him, reaching to his waist. Uh, hey, you know what, though? I think that version of waste was spelled right. Let me Let me look here. That's kind of exciting, because that would make one time I spelled it properly, right? Uh, let's see. 
Uh, here we go. Fresh breads, blah, blah, blah. He turned to the shopkeeper. Oh, yeah. Reaching directly to his waist stood. Yes, I spelled waist right. Okay. One thing I think we'll start doing on this podcast, now that I've noticed it, is we will keep track of how many times the word waste is spelled correctly and incorrectly. So let me make a little note, right? We have waste here. We have a one for chapter three. All right. Somehow this appears in the book multiple times, and we're going to see how many times we spell it right and we spell it wrong. This is going to be fun, huh? Grammar and spelling. Yay! All right. Our third discussion question was, uh, in the bakery, Henry bought croissants. What would you have purchased at the bakery? Now, we know they don't have any cookies. He points that out after they go through in a joke that fails to land. What would you buy at the bakery? I think croissants, they're pretty buttery and good, but I would have gone with some sort of pastries, right? You gotta, you gotta... I mean, a loaf of bread, that kind of smells good, but I think you're going to be disappointed later on, you know, because it's going to get hard. (sighs) Maybe French bread, that would be easy to share. So, yeah, send me your suggestions of what kind of bread I should get at a bakery or pastry or pastry. Just can't be a cookie, right? Erin thought she saw cakes, so I guess that's on the table. If that's on the table, it's got to be pound cake all the way. Who here likes pound cake? Uh, There's one person in the room raising his hand right now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's our discussion questions. That was episode three of Jeff Reads' book. Um, I think we're going to come back on episode four with a much stronger chapter. Uh, Four and five, I think, are... Ooh, four, five, six. This is going to be a killer combo. Some of my favorites in the entire book are coming up here. Okay? Um... And I only know, I'm only guessing at that. I, I know I said I don't know what happens in each chapter, and that's true. But I know how the story progresses. And I think 4, 5, and 6, if I'm breaking the chapters up as expected, these are going to be pretty sweet. So maybe even 7. Maybe even 7 will be good. So, But uh, next week we should have a new main character in the mix. So that's exciting. Stay tuned for that. Um, now would be a great time to get the book because I know... Everybody listening to this, and I'm not sure there's anybody, actually, other than myself, who's going to listen to this tomorrow to make sure it sounds right, and it probably doesn't. But if anybody's listening to this, now's a great time to buy this book, right? All right. So my total earnings from Bringing Balance sit at a little under $3 right now. So, And not from this podcast. That's that one guy who bought the book and then left it in the rain. So... Anyway, if you have any comments for me, that's me, Jeff Armstrong, who wrote this terrible book, uh, you can send them to me at jba at sdf.org, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at FortranJeff, or on Mastodon at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) ¶¶